0: Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. welcome back to keep going a podcast about success and failure i'm john biggs today on the show we have ann ahola ward she's ceo of CircleClick, click but you've had a uh, long and varied career um including some stints at apple and a few other things welcome Ann.
1: thank you so much for having me today it's nice speaking with you
0: <laughs> so uh so you had uh, you've been in software for a while uh you've been building for a while and i think when we talked about this i think you had a you had quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of or quite a few things that you wanted to talk about in terms of um, in terms of failure
1: yes well i think as as women in tech we're sort of wired to not ever admit any kind of weakness or failure but i actually have built failure into my own profession um, it's part of what i do in growth science and in growing startups quick recognition of failure is what allows for success. And and when I've seen founders hide it or CMOs hide it, that's often where things have gone wrong because we stop looking at data and we start thinking we know better. And that happens more often than you'd think in this world where we have all this information available to us all the time. Um, But I really was thinking about, you know, what are the big, more interesting failures? Not the like day-to-day... Oops, we this campaign didn't go well type failures, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I would say for me personally, I think the biggest success and failure of my career were all in like wrapped up in one. Um, I don't know. Do you remember a startup in Silicon Valley called Upload VR? Yeah, I think so. Yes. So I was I don't talk about this a lot publicly, but I was there um SEO, my agency, we had some of the fastest gains that we'd ever had in our career, Uh, all of our careers, you know, thousand percent growth SEO wise, you know, this was early days of Apple news and, you know, other things we were submitting them for just getting crazy traffic. And then I was part of that success. I did all the numbers that got them their series A. And so I was very close with this client and I saw them as, you know, my little proteges. They were, you know, I used to call one of them uh the wonderkind because I just saw so much potential in them and they they respected me and I loved them and it just was one of those relationships where you're just high-fiving the whole time cuz you're mm-hmm. just male. And about 15 seconds before me too the company was sued by a former employee for sexual harassment. And I saw the splash on all the pubs. And my first thought was, Oh, God, how are they? And, you know, because I have a personal relationship, I care about these guys. And so I call and, you know, the founder that I, I won't name names, but the one I spoke to couldn't even he couldn't make full sentences. He was just sort of like, obviously in a state of shock, obviously, you know, couldn't even handle what was happening and just was overwhelmed. And I was like, it's okay. I'm going to come see you. We're going to sit down, you know, and at that time I was going through a transition myself. I had finished my book. I wrote an O'Reilly book in 2017 called the SEO battlefield, which was a goal of mine that I'd had for a long time, which was to write an O'Reilly book specifically uh, because O'Reilly books are what got my start in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, reading those books is how I taught myself to code. And, and you know, was my first job as a developer was translating those books from Quark to Pagemaker to HTML uh, for a startup years ago in the dot-com boom. So I had a... I'd hit that note in my career... Um, my father had died the year before a couple years before my grandparents died both both remaining all in short order then my last great aunt like it was just like Ugh, mm-hmm. you know mm. you know when you hit that personal sort of like you should be happy but you're not because you're just like my mother was in such a bad state having lost everybody close to her and and so i just was like ready for a change and i thought you know If anybody can help these boys, these upload boys, it's going to be me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I know the business. I know all the key employees. I had that relationship with them. So I met with them and I was like, guys, I'm taking it over. I'm doing it. I'm going to come in and I'm going to save this company. And I did. Um, I did. I turned the financials around. I collected money. No one had thought to bill. They had tens of thousands outstanding. No one had even invoiced because money wasn't a concept that they were yet familiar with. Mm-hmm. It seemed. They were just like, well, the money just comes in because it was a brand play and they were a hot brand with, you know, a major automotive client had just come in with huge splashy budgets and it was like, you know, total hubris. Right. And so I go in and I do everything that you should do. I, I got the staff to come back from a mutiny, which rightfully so, they wanted to see change. They wanted some changes in the culture. and and, you know, one by one, I got them to all come back to work or decide to leave. And work was happening. You know, the tenants were there was a co-working spaces as well. But the tenants in San Francisco weren't really coming back, but they were in l a. You know, we were collecting rents, things that hadn't been done. So financially on paper, I'd saved the company. But what I failed to do was take the temperature of the community because mm-hmm. I was I was so focused on and I gave myself my own title. Um, It was COO. And when the lawsuit settled, the discussion was, well, you're going to take over as CEO or president whichever title I was supposed to when the suit settled I was to run it and so to me it didn't matter I knew I was in charge I knew that I was running the show they were you know working closely with me but day to day I was making all the important calls and I knew it but the community did not see what they had done they didn't see them paying for what they'd done Mm -hmm. they didn't know The personal cost that these two had, you know, the CEO and president had felt as a result of all of this public scrutiny, all of this, you know, controversy. None of them, nobody on the outside understood what was happening on the inside. And so, you know, the expected gesture was that they stepped down. What people don't know is that they were being told by counsel if you step down, you'll look guilty. Mm -hmm. And so even when the suit settled and it didn't matter, they couldn't give it up. And so I didn't care because I knew the truth, but the community cared more than I ever knew and understood. And then more women started coming forward to me and telling me different stories. And I'm not going to comment about The lawsuit or the nature of it or the person that filed it, but I knew the full story and I was comfortable enough going in there is all I'll say, because I will not speak negatively about a woman, especially a woman who speaks out. I don't think that that's appropriate, but I will say that I thought I had the information, Mm -hmm. but then as I was announced publicly, we did our, you know, the first wave of press came through, you know, Lucas Matney and, um, John Schieber over at TechCrunch wrote it up. And there was other, you know, there were other pieces of coverage coming in, like, oh, there's this woman. But the guys are still there. And so I failed to realize how important pushing for that CEO role was, mm-hmm. even though I was essentially acting as CEO. So the investors were talking to me. Like it it wasn't something I was worried about, but I think I should have been looking back because this was like I said. 10 seconds before me too. And so that, that tension was rising and the expected thing was to fall on one sword at that point in time, which they should have done. And so after the suit was settled, after, you know, we got things, you know, we got some emergency funding, uh, we got everything sort of was starting to turn around it just became clearer and clearer that I didn't know about all the shenanigans that had happened, all the upset women. I didn't know. And, and I talked to them mm-hmm. one, one by one privately. And the picture started to build. And then I said to the guys like, look, you, you really do have to step down here. You know that, right? Like we agreed. And so this went on for a few months and you know, then they invited, um, Scoble in, you know? Oh, God. Was, yeah. Well, he was an advisor
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I had my own sort of reckoning about things that had happened there and it just became too much. And so I started to get harassing messages uh, from uh, mostly women. uh, found my cell phone number, were hitting me up on Facebook, telling me, what a piece of crap I was for taking over this startup. And how did I not know how horrible they were? And I started getting online bullied basically. Uh, and some people got my actual cell phone and were calling me saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you in there? And it was just like, Whoa. And I, I said to them, like I gave them multiple shots at it. Like we, I need you to step down or I, I have to step into this role or I can't do this. And it was like, they didn't hear me. Mm-hmm. And so I started to lose vision in my left eye and um, went and had a scan of my brain and the neurologist was basically like, I can put you on medicine, but I'm going to tell you right now that if you do not immediately reduce your stress, you could lose your vision. Hmm. And being wheeled in, being wheeled into that MRI, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I I didn't want to admit failure, but there's no way as COO that anyone is ever in the this community, which was very tight knit at the time, and still is in certain pockets of it. You know, VR for sure is, AR less so. I think, but but they're all kind of blend together at this point. But um, at that time, it just was clear I wasn't going to be accepted, and I. I didn't factor in all these other things that I didn't know or that I didn't know everything. I I was so sure based on my own experience, how those two were, but I had to ultimately make a choice for my health. And as I sat down with Lori Siegel to do the CNN interview after I left, I, I believe it was like that day or the next day, the first woman came out about Scoble mm-hmm. and that just, I had a breakdown. I had a mental breakdown. I, I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, emergency, but I, I couldn't work for months. I, I had to just like recover and I felt the full weight of me too. And had a reckoning of my own, having only ever worked in technology You know, I've been taken to strip clubs for quote unquote sales meetings. I've been, you know, asked to get the coffee, not in a long time. Uh, That happened in Texas, actually, not in before I got to Silicon Valley. But, you know, everything that I'd gone through, a lot of women in that time, we just sort of all knew, but we, you know, there were whispers about people like Scoble. There were whispers So, everyone kind of knew the story, but it was like, oh, we all know. And so, all I could do was just sort of take in the information. Once the press sort of dropped off, I was able to start focusing on recovery. And then, around the holidays, I decided, okay, I got to get through this. I got to, you know, I've had my rest because I didn't sleep for six months. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was working 14, 18 hour days every day for sometimes weekends for months. And so I decided it's time, you know, I want to talk to some of these women who were loud voices against me. And I want to understand and I want to offer them support because for someone to be that angry at a stranger to me meant that they were really, really, truly hurting. And so I put a call out into some of these VR groups a, you know, um, on Facebook and other social media channels. And I said, does anybody need some help? Does anyone need to talk? And so I talked to in about six weeks time, I think I talked to like 30, I want to say at least it was definitely more than 20, like 20 20 to 30 women I had conversations with. And some were just sort of looky lose. Like, why'd you do it? You know, like what, what made you, what, on earth possessed you to go into that startup and fix it. Why? Um, Some were like, Hey, I have trouble with my business and I need, you know, can I do it? And I was like, of course you can do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was encouragement they needed. But then a few of them were like, I saw what you did. I really appreciate what you tried to do to save that company, you know, Some thanked me, very few, but, (laughs) but, you know, in that point, you're just feeling like such a, you're mired in your own failure, but that is ultimately what pulled me out of it was talking to these women. And I would say a handful of them. I am still friends with today. Um, I actually gained more through offering to help than Mm. time and energy it took me. And that was what brought me out of this just nuclear funk of public scrutiny, me too, and processing all of the horrible things that had happened to me in my career that I wouldn't admit to myself that had happened. So I turned that failure into growth. And because of that, I became stronger and became a stronger advocate for women. I wouldn't call myself a social justice warrior But I would say I'm definitely someone who actively, you know, mentors, helps and supports women, uh, my fellow women in tech, because I think there has to be a way forward. And so after doing CNN, that's when I decided, you know, I'm not letting the you know who's of Silicon Valley be the voice anymore. And so my what came out of that is that I hired a publicist. And I started doing uh, technology-based TV segments. And I think this past week, I did number 78 or 79 um, since 2017. So my form of revenge was to help sort sort people's minds, or not sort, that's the wrong word, um, to help people see that technology experts can absolutely be women. Mm-hmm that that's a normal thing. And so that's why I do it. That's why I've gotten up at 5 a.m. At, on Easter and driven to Sacramento to talk about memes. That's why I, <laughs> you know, so that that is what came out of it for me was that I needed to use my voice to educate. And so ultimately, I think not being successful at that startup led me further and lifted me further in my career because I recognized it and I knew I could never take on something in that way again. Um, I've done other takeovers, but not like that, mm-hmm. nor would I.
0: So I think I'm interested in, I'm interested in the, um, the before and after, right. You, use I, it's almost as if there were two different Silicon valleys. And I mean, we could argue that there's two different worlds, uh, before and after me too. Um, you didn't, you didn't see the, you didn't see the rot, uh, in this place specifically um until until it was exposed to a degree that that just made it unconscionable to support what what do you what do you recommend to people in that position where they're working at a place that may have a that may have a I don't know deeply toxic work culture deeply call it toxic regular culture uh how do you how do you thread that needle when you Don't like where you are, uh, but you have no choice but to stay there, or you feel that you have no choice but to stay there.
1: Right. I, after going public, being there, I felt I couldn't leave Mm -hmm. because I, I, major reason I did it was the team. I loved that team. And I saw how many jobs would be lost. I saw a community that would no longer have a place to go. And test out the new headsets. And I mean, this was a, a very customized space to to have the most optimal VR experience. They had the the foam padded rooms with soundproofing, like mm-hmm. you could experience VR the way it was supposed to be. And there were artists and creative folks, all kinds of amazing people that I, all I could think about was them, but ultimately what it came down to was my physical health and so i think if you if it's a temporary thing and you know you think that management is aware or hr is if you think there's a chance for change that's one thing but if you know in your gut that there's not which i couldn't i couldn't help but realize as i you know my left eye got fuzzy it mm-hmm. was pretty hard it was pretty hard to ignore. Yeah. That's like
0: a physical, that's a physical like, thing. That's pretty wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually in HBO Sil- Silicon Valley, which I couldn't watch after season two because it was too realistic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but that happened to the founder in that show. And I remember seeing it and going, ha ha ha. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> that's real. But, but so I would say if you know, that you cannot affect change, you have got to get out of there. There are always other jobs. Mm -hmm. There are always other opportunities. Even if you have a contract, you could break a contract. You've got allies. You've got things that are working for you and things that are not, and you have to leverage those that are or talk to a competitor or get creative. But there is absolutely no job in the world that is worth taking a toll on your physical health. And it's only happened, I'd say once or twice since. But I have, I will have this issue for life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I overdo it, I I start to see the signs and feel it. And so, it, it's a real thing. Yeah. And and you have yeah. to live with the stress that you you let your body go through. And there's no job in the world that's worth it. I don't care how much you're being paid.
0: I think I think that's a that's another thing. And I think, I think your experience was f- a fairly drastic end of the spectrum. Uh, but how do you know when it's, uh, how do you know when it's time to stop when you had aside aside from, I don't know, going blind? Uh, yeah,
1: there's definitely signs before that. I would say, you know, when you wake up, are you dreading going to work? Mm-hmm. Is your, is your blood pressure going up? Is your pulse going up when you're around certain people? I mean, we're all wearing smartwatches, right? Like I monitor all of those things. Do you see, do you see physical signs that your body's like, Ugh. you know, do you find yourself drinking after mm-hmm. work excessively because you're just trying to shake it off? Um, you know, there are signs. Are you talking a lot to your friends about it? Is it all you talk about? Are you obsessed with it? Is it something you can't brush off on the weekends and enjoy yourself? If it's depriving you of personal joy, And having fun and and being able to tune it out. If you've got a toxic boss that won't let you have a vacation or the weekend to yourself, that's a good sign. Um, There's no boundaries and that that doesn't work. And that's why I do much better on the outside as an agency person slash consultant slash advisor. That's why I do better with that because no one's telling me I have to work all weekend. It's Mm -hmm. my choice, Mm -hmm. right? So I think I think most people who are in these situations have some idea but I think San Francisco sort of values suffering to some degree as a sign of dedication as a sign of you know a founder doing their job and that doesn't really have to be the case some of the greatest successes I have been a part of have been with CEOs that know how to take a vacation and let their staff do the same.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. Like the, the, the love of suffering, which is, uh, which I think is, I think it's accurate in a lot of, uh, in a lot of situations. Huh?
1: Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen too much of it to know that I, I'm not, that's not who I, that's not my part to play in growing startups. My part to play is being the calm, measured, voice of experience that is going to use data to help you grow like that is my role to play not in the trenches you know working through the holidays
0: mm-hmm. all right i love it i like the uh i like the uh the, the refusal to uh to give into uh the horror uh but unfortunately it, it took it took a minute right to uh to to realize that that was the gonna kind of, that was good that, that had that's the way things had to be
1: right Right. I mean, I, I paid the price. I, you know, my friendship suffered and, you know, my marriage was, you know, my husband was just like, it got to the point I would come home from upload, get into bed and he would just, whatever weird thing he'd ordered for dinner, you know, like oh man, pizza, whatever, he'd come and bring me pizza in bed because otherwise I would just want to go to sleep. So he, he was about as supportive, As a human can be of me, but I know that on some level, he was just like, why, why are you doing this? (laughs) Um, But I appreciated that. And he's ultimately, you know, my person. So he's the one who got me through it. But I I do think that helped me get through it. But I think people don't need to go through that. I, I think Silicon Valley was 10 years there was the most amazing time in my career, I had so much growth and I, I won't panic it for that reason. People who leave San Francisco love dogging on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I refused to do that when I left, I just left and said, Hey, I left. Um, because it gave me so much and I, I still miss it, but I miss it five years ago. I don't miss it three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Interesting. Where, where, where can people, uh, see some of your work?
1: Well, I am all over all the socials, obviously. My personal site is anbot.com, A-N-E-B-O-T. It's where you can find my podcast and TV appearances.
0: All right. Super. And thank you for joining us. This. this has been a, uh, this is quite a tale. <laughs> thank
1: you. You said you want me to keep it real. So I know. It. All right. <laughs>
0: Even, even, uh, you even landed a couple uh, a couple oldies but goodies that I remember. Uh, this has been <laughs> Keep Going, <laughs> podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.